In a studio that's in a basement comes the epic story of how two friends changed the future of the movie podcast game forever. The reviews are in. Boys Life Magazine gives the High Psy Podcast four and a half acorns. The Daily Bugle says, These guys are super legit. And Pope Francis declares the podcast as life-affirming. From the kid who tried to get smart with David Spade and got fucking old. You're still out. You're still back. And the guy who can name all four Baldwin brothers. Alec, William, Daniel, and the baby boy, Stephen. Live from the studio of his parents' basement. The Have You Seen It Podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Have You Seen It Podcast. My name is Mason Knight and sitting across from me is the one, the only, Cash Krause. Yes. That might have been a little, little. <laughs> a little dramatic, know, I, a little I would say. A little too dramatic, yeah, I would say. But yeah, we are here. Another throwback Thursday. Yes. An exciting day. This is a very exciting day. Because... This is a series that I wanted to do when we were doing our franchises mm-hmm. during the summer. Yep. But those bastards at Netflix took it off right it, when I wanted to do it. It was actually weird because it was like right when you <laughs> wanted to do it, they wiped it off the face. I'm like, of this the movie's been platform. on Netflix for like four years. Mm-hmm. No way they're going to take it off. We can wait a week. So we did, and they took it off. Unfortunately, but we did find it now on HBO Max. Oh, HBO Max is coming through. They got well, a lot of good. They got a lot of good shit on HBO yeah. Max these days. They uh, do. Number one subscriber right here. <laughs> that Amazon. Amazon has great films as well. So yeah, uh, but yeah, we are doing finally getting to it. Um, we are doing Quentin Tarantino's Kill Bill Volume One. We volume will be one. getting to Volume Two next week. Next week. So yes. look out for that. But we are doing Kill Bill. Volume one. We've done quite a few Tarantino movies now, I think. We have. I'm staring at Reservoir Dogs. Right? Yeah, we got that. Oh, dang it. I Before know, the podcast we started, switched. I would have just switched out the poster. Right. We, just know. We have a Reservoir Dogs do, poster. We do. We're not yes. lying about that. We no, do have not. a Reservoir yeah. Dogs poster. But, uh. Damn it. Yeah, I know. I know. Now that you told me that, I'm like really pissed <laughs> off. I would have switched uh, the poster. It's fine. It's I fine. Know. But, uh, Damn. yeah. Kill Bill. I've probably seen this film. Probably around 10 times now. Wow. Oh, okay. yeah. I love this movie. Kung Fu film. Mm-hmm. They call it a martial arts film because I right. think that's the PC term for it right now. But <laughs> it is it is a Kung Fu film among a lot of other genres mm-hmm. sprinkled in there. Western. Because it's Tarantino. Of course. He takes pieces from all his favorite films, pretty much plagiarizes, yeah. and combines it into <laughs> one cohesive story. That's why he's allowed to get and, away with it. And you say pieces, and you're so right because like the things that he does is never over the top. Yeah, like even like even with the the sound effects and stuff, he uses them at the right time, and he doesn't overuse them. Yes, you know, like the seeing red, the yeah, which was very you know? uh, fun to parody in the early 2000s. Yes. After this came mm-hmm. out, there's a lot of films that uh, could you imagine if uh, YouTube or like uh, TikTok or whatever oh was around? My God, you're this right. would have just exploded with. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God that most of these TikTokers were born right they around were, 2003. Yeah, they, were. So. 
So thank God we don't have to see that circulating. Yes, yeah, so the they are completely unaware of this. They don't even well. know what Kill Bill is. No yeah. idea. Absolutely. I think, I do unfortunately think this one kind of gets missed among the Tarantino films. Yeah, it does. You know, I mm-hmm. think Pulp Fiction and Glorious Bastards, I think those are the, the big ones. Um, Django. Yep. But I think this one kind of gets missed, and it's not right. Not right at all, because, no. like, I'll be honest with you. I saw this movie when it first came out, but I was, like, a kid. So, you know, when you're 9 or 10 years old, you don't really comprehend a film. But this is my my first time since then watching the full viewing. This is one of my favorite Quentin Tarantino films. I love this Oh, it's this amazing, movie. yeah. It, But it's fun. It is so much fucking fun, dude. It is fun. Like from start to finish. It's a little less wordy than some of his other mm-hmm. films. Very it's much a so. lot more, but they had to pack a ton of action and of into course, a two hour. With any Quentin Tarantino film, you got to get those feet up. Oh, there. you got to you <laughs> got to get feet up there. This was a close up on the feet, too. Well, this was purposeful. This was before people knew he had a real problem. Yeah, a real foot fetish. Yeah. <laughs> which is better than having now a he fetish does it. like a hammer. Yeah, but yeah. now it's his uh it's like his calling card. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, I do not love feet. I, 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 I am I've not, never understood that. I've never. I'm not. Every yeah. time I see, and because now he does it, because now he's being cheeky and he mm-hmm. knows, because now he'll do it. There'll be like a five minute foot scene. Right. Like once upon a time in Hollywood, feet. That girl just feet right up on well, not the. Well, that. Every, every female showed their feet at one point. Mm. Yeah. So, uh, there's a lot of fucking feet in that one. But, right. yeah, not as much feet in this one. But, yeah, we, we get it. Of we course. Do, of course. It's Tarantino. Right in the pussy wagon, too. Yeah. <laughs> and if anything, we know he loves Uma Thurman's feet. He does. Of course, she shows him Pulp Fiction as well. Yes. <laughs> it's very, he will cast you purely on your foot design. On the aesthetics of your feet. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Which is unfortunate. It, it is a little you're bit. skipping over a lot of people with ugly feet. A lot of talent, too, out there that may not have the most beautiful feet, but oh, no. Quentin Tarantino says, hey, I will mold you to be the actor that I want you to be. Let me see those feet first. That's that's very true. But there's uh, so many great um, female roles in this movie. There is. Because, of course, I, I hope everyone kind of knows the premise by now. Um Kill Bill's only named, or it's not her name. Her name isn't Kill Bill. Her name is The Bride, the Bride. Uma Thurman. You, that's the only time you hear her name. Because they bleep out her name, which I found they do. very they keep uh, that, unique. They want to keep that mystery. And I think it's also maybe a like a, a old kung fu movie kind of thing where they bleep out the main character so you don't know kind of the mystery of this. Yeah. And also a Western thing, too, where like the, the Lone Ranger. But, uh, yeah, they uh, we have Lucy Liu. Plays O-Ren. She's fucking Lucy Liu in 2003. Cottonmouth. Uh, probably the hottest person in 2003. Wow, Lucy okay. Liu. She was unbelievable. If you had oh an award God. for 2003, she would get it, huh? I would have to give it to okay. her. I, I, just, I just don't know who else. But, uh, yeah, Lucy Liu plays O-Ren. She's fucking awesome. I definitely want an O-Ren spinoff when she's a kid. Yeah, with the whole story of her parents getting murdered by the Yakuza. Yeah, I want to see how she... You know, becomes the leader of the crazy 88s, Dude, which I, are, are they're crazy yeah, group they're a crazy guys. Group. Yeah, they are. <laughs> they're they a little are. wacky. I mean, they I'd even say. had a 17 year old girl who was a serial killer. Yeah. Yeah. And to be fair, you're not going to tell her no, though. No, no. <laughs> you're not going to say you can't be in the group. I love that. She's like, do you want to fuck me at the bar? And he's yeah. like, yes. He cut, she cuts out his intestines and just is laughing about it. His blood Such a badass. That's what everything. Everything in this film, all the people are just the biggest badasses. Yes. They're so yep. fucking cool. It's like in, usually in film, you know, you can only have one person be the badass. But mm-hmm. this one, everyone has some kind of, even the guy, um, I can't remember 
his name, but the boss of the crazy crazy eighty eight. Oh, okay. He's a badass too. Yeah. You know, at some point he's climbing walls and shit. It's it's very cool. It is. But yeah, the choreography is a lot of fun in this too. Oh yeah, for sure. But uh, but yeah, the story goes: the bride, she was on her wedding day. Five people of the Deadly Viper assassination group come in yeah. and they mow everyone down, which was nine people, not a big wedding. Well, luckily, luckily they didn't invite a hundred people. Technically ten, they only killed nine. Technically, well, it would have been eleven. Because, or, or is she counting the baby? She's counting the baby as Okay, 10. so it would have been 10, yeah. yeah. Well, they fucked up not killing 10, and she says she that. Yeah, she did. <laughs> she, she says did. they killed nine on that day, but they should have killed 10 because mm-hmm. you do not want to leave one survivor. You don't. It's never a good idea. If no. you're if, if you're going to go to the extent of killing nine, yeah. make sure they're all dead. I love, though, I love the opening scene. It just fucking jumps us right into the action when she goes to Vivica A. Fox's house, mm-hmm. and she... Uh, yep. A crazy fight scene. You get it right off the bat. I I was too young to see this in theaters, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mom and dad ain't going to take you when you're yeah. eight, nine years old. But ago. I would have loved to see this in theaters yeah. and have that opening and been there with everyone else and be like, holy well, fuck. Because you think that's going to... Because it sets the tone immediately. Exactly. What a way to grab the audience's attention. Yes. With a killer fight scene in a house like that. And just showing how fucking cold-blooded the black mama is. Uh-huh. Yep. When she... Although she was kind of, her hand was forced, but throwing that fucking dagger into the heart when she tries to shoot her, yeah. oh, it's so cool. Well, and I love the dialogue in that scene because she's like, oh, fair. She goes, no, fair is killing your daughter yeah. in front of you, waiting for your husband to come home, killing him in I, front of you, and then killing you. That's fair. I love when she kills Vivica Fox. Was What was her name, Cottonmouth or something? No, Cottonmouth was Oren. Oh but right, she was. Uh, I can't remember what. Yeah, Vivica I can't remember Fox what, was. What, what. Um, they're all vipers. Yeah, they all. But are, uh, yeah. oh, she was Copperhead. Copperhead. That's yeah, Copperhead. Copperhead. But yeah, I love when she kills her, and then the daughter comes in, and she's like, "Well, I'll be seeing you because now the daughter feel." Yeah, if you feel like you still have anger when you grow <laughs> up, yeah, I'll be. I'll be waiting for you. Which sets the tone it for does. the full fucking movie that yeah. this is just a straight up uh, revenge tale. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that that's it but uh yeah it's it's a tone that she's willing to kill fucking anyone to get to bill Gotta played by bill. david carradine he May rest in peace yes strange motherfucker unfortunately he died in a uh in a sex act in an incredibly humiliating way to die but i'm glad he got one more yes. kick-ass role with with bill you know he was mm-hmm. able to play an awesome before he died of a very embarrassing sex act. Very, very <laughs> embarrassing. It was almost world's greatest dad embarrassing, right? The Robin yeah, Williams yeah. film with the the boy uh, asphyxiation. Well, that's not that embarrassing because he's a kid and David Carradine is a well, is a, a full gr- grown man, full grown man with uh, a lot riding on it, right? And a lot of money too. I mean, he could have taken out those desires, you know, paid a woman or to at least spot him. You need a spot. You need absolutely. Yeah, that is the one spot. thing I want. If you are going to do um, the. Whatever it's called, uh, asphyxiation, I can't, strangling, and asphyxiation—is that what's called? called? Yeah, it's something along those. lines. Always have a spotter. You have to have a spotter, folks. Yeah, because if you're passed out, who's going to untie you? And it's always more fun with multiple people, also. Of course. So you got someone else ringing the, more the bell the barrier. Yeah. That's fun. It is. But being alone yourself? in a hotel room, bro. There's better ways. 
There's, you can hit ways. that high. There's other ways to hit yeah, that there high, are, baby. There are a lot of ways. <laughs> but well, yeah, but he's he's great in this. He, I mean, you never see him in the first one, unfortunately. Yeah. But you get a lot more David Carradine. You just get that voice in his hands. But you can tell the film is so well written that you can tell every time he's talking, people are listening. Yes, like this guy. Like all these fucking these killers are badasses, but this guy is they the one in charge. They all have this weird uh, attraction to him too. It's like this. It, yes. It's almost like a dad and daughter thing, but it's like a weird. Uh, well, it's like Munchausen syndrome. Yes. Where exactly. you start to fall in love with your captor. Mm-hmm. And that's what all that's of That's what them it feels yeah. like the whole time. <laughs> you know, when he's like over her shoulders. Or like a cult. Like, yeah. A cult, yes. Which is Munchausen so. syndrome, pretty yeah. much. But, uh, but yeah, they are very. Or even when, uh, when she's calling him on the phone, when she's about to uh, poison her in the hospital. Mm-hmm. Yes. And he's like, lower, lower your voice. And she immediately fucking just goes yeah. quiet. Yeah. Badass. He's got a great voice too, David he does. Carradine. He really does. But, May uh, he rest in peace. Yeah, he was in uh he was in some kung fu film. That's what's all awesome is everyone in this film kind of has like ties to action films or something. He Quentin Tarantino, obviously we know he likes to put in little tiny pieces that no one would know unless you went through like the trivia and read it. Yep. And in any Quentin Tarantino, there's so many fucking trivia pieces because every little scene is taken, is usually inspired from a scene from another movie. So that always warrants a giant trivia piece on it. But uh, yeah, he's, there's so many little tiny pieces like that sprinkled out through this film. But uh, yeah, it's great. I love the animation scene too. The anime scene is so good and very, pretty experimental. That's what I love about this film, dude, is like it really is when you when you said this to open up the podcast where Quentin Tarantino takes pieces. I really felt that's what it was. But all the pieces combined made. Yeah, beautiful. It was beautiful storytelling. I love the animation scene, dude. When that when that happened and then you get the story of uh, Oren and and how she came to be with killing the Akuza eventually one day and her dad dying. That's br- the scene, even though it's a car, yeah. even though it's animated, the mm-hmm. animation is br- Beautiful, by the yeah, way. It it's is. done by Production IG, which is a Japanese animation company. But uh, yeah, it's fucking sad when they stab her mom and she's under the bed and she's blood, the blood starts yeah, dripping on her. Yeah. And then and then that one psycho lights the fire, right? Obviously, to yeah. destroy all the evidence. And then she goes, luckily, I forget the boss's name, was a pedophile. So when she was 11 years old, boss was it Yakatana, Yakatana or, something? or something along those lines? But anyway, she stabs him. And she goes, oh, do I look familiar? Yeah. And you see kind of the crazy coming out of her in the animation. Yeah. And she's like, oh, do I look familiar? Maybe the two people that you murdered and his face. Like, and then the guy's everywhere. rushing in and her yeah. jumping on her and blowing their legs. legs up. What kind of fucking gun was that? It's anime, bro. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's what that anime is. powerful yeah. gun. You never just get shot at anime. No. You're fucking. And that's very Kung Fu S too, which mm-hmm. is something awesome that he did. And I'm talking about these little tiny details is he didn't use squibs in old Kung Fu movies. They didn't really have the technology for squibs. They use condoms full of blood. So whenever you got hit or something, it really fucking explode. And that's why the blood is so vibrant in this is because every time they get shot, it's a fucking explosion. It's condoms filled with blood. So I'm confused. So what do you just like, you so, pop them? Uh, yeah, you, you just pop them. Oh, and they, ex- okay. I mean, there's ways to pop them, but yeah. that's what they are. It's just Japanese condoms. Oh. That's what they did before squibs. Yeah. Yeah. Makes they, sense. Before, you know, you had like the radio trigger mm-hmm. and everything like right. that. Yeah. 
So that's, I mean, he didn't, that's something you don't need to do. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously no. you don't, you could do squibs that, uh, or just blow up more blood, but mm. he, he's very, uh, true. He is the king of indie filmmaking, even though he's so popular now and mainstream. He can get his films funded for hundreds of millions of dollars. He still keeps that indie vibe yep. and everything that experimental that a lot of people, mainstream people wouldn't be willing to put a, a 10 minute animated sequence into a very hard R rated film. Right. But it worked perfectly. But it's Tarantino, man. It's, he's yeah, the best it's of so the best. so uniquely Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. I think that's why he's just one of the best filmmakers around. It's because it's just so he, uniquely he is. He continues to do it. But, uh, but yeah, we were just talking about for our Indian fans. Yes. Is that was inspired by an Indian film. Yes, it was. That uh, replaced violence with animation. Yeah. The film was uh, all of Von Don, 2001, starring Kamal Hassan. Yeah. And it was... Uh, he had a conversation with Anurag Kashyap about it, who's one of our favorite gangs of Wasi poor, you know. Uh, yeah, he's great. He's he really is kind of like the Indian Quentin or Quentin Tarantino. I don't want to say that in like as famous though, but he's 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 kind of started out as an actor and then mm -hmm. became a director like yep. Quentin Tarantino. But yeah, he uh, he told Anurag that was from, and I, I saw pieces of the film. The film doesn't look that great. But he fucking, if he sees a scene that he likes in any film, he just, he buries that. And he's able to produce it. But yeah, we were talking about her. He sees every fucking film. Yeah. I mean, even if they're like it's below so average. I mean, if they're bad, he sees everything. But still has time to write these masterpieces. Yeah. It, it, is, uh, it is a very superhuman quality to be able to watch as much film as he does. To be able to write as great as he does, and then able to direct those yeah. films as well as he does. It, it's wild. I mean, his whole life, in my opinion, is completely and utterly dedicated to film. I mean, this yes. guy is definitely a scholar of the game. Oh, absolutely. You know, I mean, you just don't watch as many films as Quentin Tarantino. You can't. Not even us. <laughs> you we have you a can't. podcast on you it. Can't. You can't. Know? Yeah. Well, guy. he started out working in a movie uh, rental place, so mm -hmm. all he did was... Uh, was watch films even when he was working you know that's all he did was watch films but man he has an incredible library that he's he been able to just pull up on a whim but uh yeah it's gonna be sad when he stops making filmmaking or when he stops making films yeah. which is uh, two movies from now but it's gonna be a very good day when he starts writing books about film because he's gonna be like the play-doh yeah. <laughs> well, of, that's what of I, filmmaking uh -huh. i mean and I can't wait for those books. Yeah, either can I'm I. Gonna, I'm going to gobble those things oh up, Oh, my dude. God. I'm going to get an audio book of it. I'm going to get the physical copy. Yeah. I'm going to get it all. I, I've said this before, but I'll reiterate that he writes a book. It will become the textbook of any filmmaking school. I, I guarantee it. If Absolutely. Because he has just so much knowledge about it. It is wild. And his films are so unique, too. Every single film is unique, and he uses pieces from... A lot of different uh, decades of film, too. Oh, yeah. You know, like even with even with Kill Bill, you know, he was using a lot of 70s and 80s techniques in this film. Yeah, Specific scenes, even the black and white scene, you know, when they yes. fight the 88. Which is great. We got to talk about that. Mm -hmm. Black and white was used because the uh, MPAA, those fucking bastards, said you can't use that much blood. Which is wild. So wild. It's because so stupid. Fucking kung fu films in the 70s mm -hmm. in China were using that much blood. In the 70s. And they didn't give a fuck. Of course not. But when those films would come over here in the 70s, our board would say there's too much blood you can't show them on TV. 
So they would make every kung fu film be in black and white. So I guess if you're like, like you don't know what sprang out, what's, of, what's yeah. coming out of that oh, guy's it's head? Chocolate syrup. <laughs> it's, what the it, fuck do you? Th- I mean, come on. I don't know. It's less so, restrictions. Oh yeah, less I, restrictions. For, it's so frustrating. Yeah, I am a very strong opponent of any kind of restrictions toward the art. Yes, art should be very free. But uh, yeah, so he had to do that in black and white. But the Japanese version, which I've never seen, you can watch, and that fight scene is in color. So. I, I, I want to search out that Japanese scene because I can only imagine it's just puddles of blood. fucking blood. Yeah. <laughs> well, do you know the finale? The finale of this, uh, when when they're fighting the 88. Yes. Took eight, At the House of Blue Leaves. At the House of, yes. And when she's fighting Oren, took eight weeks to film. Just that. But, I mean, it makes sense because there's so much going oh, on. Oh, my God. So much blood, so many limbs Uma just Thurman must have been fucking Dying, dude. She's running oh, around. So she was in the best shape of her life. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah. Imagine every single day, like you're on set, twelve to fourteen hours every yeah. single day. And even though it's a prop sword, you are even just swinging your arms around constantly. Oh God, you dude. are gonna get fucking tired oh, for sure. But she, she must she have been worn out. Oh yeah, she is. She's phenomenal in this. She she's really such is. a. She's a great actress too. She's. And, and I love the Japanese scene where she plays like the dumb blonde American when she shows up to the Japanese yes. uh, uh, store. I don't know what kind of store it was, whatever, but it was just a restaurant. It was hilarious because she was like, oh, yeah, I know a little Japanese. I learned it today. The Hotaro Hanzo scene. Yes. When she right. goes to meet him for the sword. Yeah. This is a Hotaro son. <laughs> sword. Uh, sword. Yeah. Well, now that half your head is gone, Oren. I love when she, uh, right before, because that, that fucking. That snow final showdown mm-hmm. obviously ties from samurai films with the snow falling, the Japanese garden. Yeah. It's so fucking beautiful and well done. But I love and what you got she's, the little water thing go bloop. Exactly. It feels and everything is so quiet and you just you know, the the score and everything is just kind of that that, that quick yeah. kind of That's something too that we have to bring up. The score for this film is phenomenal. Yeah. I fucking love it. It's always at the appropriate times. That's one that, yeah, he's so, I mean, it must be nice to be able to use any song you want, but he pulls songs from, like, again, early decades that you haven't heard in a while, but they're perfect. Yeah. And sometimes those songs that you you wouldn't think would match the scenario, you know, like when they're fi- in that fighting scene when she's doing the Crazy Eights, he plays, like, a very, like, uh, I can't remember what the song is, but it's a very quick and, like, uplifting kind of fun song. When she's hacking away at these guys, yeah. cut cuts one guy straight down the middle. It's <laughs> fucking so brutal. <laughs> I know this scene is just—it's so over the top, but it's—it's just—it's kung fu film esque. Exactly, or like how she's—and that's what I'm okay with. Exactly, know you know what, what you kind want. of you know what you're getting into, yes, also for sure. And it's definitely otherworldly. You know, like you don't yeah. feel like this is in our world. It's in like this different. It's in type the Tarantino like, verse. Yeah, exactly. Where these things. And uh, I love when she's flying up in the air when she's on the balcony. And like she's hanging on, she's hanging on, and she goes like this, pulls up, and she just flings up. <laughs> oh yeah, dude! It's it's that it, that high wire kind yes. of that we see, and all every kung fu, and I love that too. And exactly, it's not like the first half of the film was a genre, was like a, a drama, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden it turned into this kind of, the whole thing, like you said, it keeps the pace of that, yep. so you know exactly what you're getting into, and we see that all the time, where like, the first half will be one film, and the second half will totally turn up, and it doesn't really make sense, but it's perfect for this one, because the entire film is pretty over the top, yep. but I love, yeah, that, that scene, she 
pokes one guy's eye out, which you'll <laughs> see. Like, oh. It you'll see in, in the second one how she learns that. But uh, even when like at the end when they're crawling, some of them are still alive. Mm-hmm. You still see that guy in the background <laughs> and he's freaking out. I love when she stands on top. She goes, "Leave all your limbs; they are mine." Yes. And she goes, "You too, stay right there." Because he's like picking up his arm. And, like, <laughs> It's so funny. Just fucking limbs everywhere, and I, and she, blood everywhere. Yeah, and if you haven't seen this, there's 300 guys running in this oh, building. Yeah. And so at the many. end, there's still 100, but they are mortally wounded, but they're crawling <laughs> out. And like, there's so many of them. It's like a river of yeah, guys crawling. I love I love the, the club owners, too, because the woman's walking around. Yeah, and the guy that, oh, and she's like Charlie Brown blood. or yeah, whatever. Yeah, Charlie you. Brown. Yeah. I never understood that why they made him look like Charlie Brown, but uh, yeah, it's so it's so good. It's it just so much fun too, and there's that scene lasts for so long. That mm. fucking fight scene, it does. But they're able to go into like different environments, like when she goes upstairs, and then it turns like all blue, yep. and you just see the silhouettes. It's a it's really well done. It is. They don't is stay in just well that done. area, but they move around. But uh, but yeah, crazy eighty eights. Well, there's not you 88 need a few of them more guys. Yeah. <laughs> need, How about 800 in 88? Yeah, you need so a that's what few you're gonna more need guys. to take on this one. That scene is so fucking brutal. Even when it's in black and white. Mm-hmm. Just when uh, when people get their limbs cut off, it is a just a waterfall of fucking... I love the scene when they're showing Oren, when it's like the Yakuza meeting. The meeting, yes. And the guy is so pissed. Not she's, half, she's a half breed. Well, she's she, half. Well, she's actually. She's a try. Half bear, half pig, half man bear pig. No, yeah. it's uh, it's uh, she's she's American, American Chinese, Japanese. and Japanese. Yes, yeah. But she says, "Hey, look," and I love that. I love. She I has love a translator. Yeah, she's very calm and composed. She's like, "Hey, look, you guys are willing to disagree with me on things. And I'm willing to hear you out." But one thing you're not allowed to do is <laughs> but bring I love up my American or Chinese heritage. I love as soon as he calls her that, you just hear. Whoop. <laughs> so fast. No one knows what did it. And then the it cuts your head off, and it is again a guy. It's so much blood. shooting. Up and then it just goes <laughs> like a sprinkler as it starts to die off. Well, there's only so much blood in that. Yeah, and then she whips the sword and it just sprays one of the that guys. guys like, oh. He didn't know if he was getting hit. But or yeah, because one thing you can't do is talk about my heritage. But. Uh, yeah, that's because that is so, actually. I mean, most people know this, but the yakuza you have to be, you know, well, Japanese in, in any in the mafia, the you, mafia have to be you have to be full blooded Italian. Italian. Yeah, in the Irish mob, you got to. be. Yeah, they don't really want. Seems like subtle, uh, subtle racism going on in these groups. Oh, in a little bit. I mean, come on. They said on, they said it, it because they couldn't trust. Like, like you would be. <laughs> Just if I'm half on... American, I have to be uh, embedded with the Americans. Right, doesn't make any sense. But uh, yeah, really, it was just an excuse to be racist. It is, of course. And she is a big proponent of racism, she you can tell. She is, in all fairness. we got to call a spade a spade, right? But uh, I love the realism of that scene, too, where the guy hits the plate and, like, he mm. cuts his hand or whatever. Yeah. Like, it's, I noticed it's that, really too. Good. It brought back uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. Exactly. You know, kind of, Django, where I'm Django. sure Tarantino's behind the camera just going, roll with it. We love it. We love it. This is the kind of thing you love. It's probably where Leo learned it from. <laughs> Very possible. But, uh, Watch Kill Bill. But yeah, that scene, that's one of my favorite scenes. It is. It's such a good scene. It sets Oren up perfectly that she is just this uh, badass. Yeah, and she can speak English, too. Who? Oren. Oh, Oren. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, but that's she uses why she a translator, translator yeah. But it's funny because, uh, what's her name? I can't remember um, Oren's, like, second in command. 
the the girl. Are you talking about her bodyguard? Oh, Julie Dreyfus is her name in real life. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. So she's she's half Japanese, half French in this, and then the other guy is Chinese. So they were both part of like part Japanese, part Chinese. She kept one and one together. So right. combined, she's kind of whole. It is true. You bring a half <laughs> although she half didn't together. keep one American around. She did not. No. Except uh, well, you can't really trust the American. Yeah, <laughs> that's <laughs> that's on. true. Come that's on. true. But uh, yeah, she got her demise. She got a little taken off the top. She did. A little, a little, <laughs> a little too, too much. much. Yeah. You know, that's why you pay for a good hairstylist. Exactly. Hey, you pay for a bad one, that shit could happen to you. Yeah. Right? So. But I love that. Uh, I love that he, at first he wanted the, her head to be completely de- decapitated, but mm-hmm. she had to have been able to see the uh, Hattori Hanzo sword. Yes. So they just. Which would have been hard if she's fully decapitated <laughs> and her head is like. But I love at first when she's like, who made you that sword? When she's kind of grilling her about mm-hmm. it. And she goes, oh, this? It's a hot She goes, you guy? lie. She gets so mad. She's pissed. Well, that was her uh, her protege. Yeah. Oh. Or his, pro- uh, his protege. Yeah, and, she, yeah. and yeah, he wouldn't refuse to make her the swords. Mm-hmm. I, I guess the theories, because there's so many theories to this film, because the people that love this film fucking love this film. Of course. Like any Tarantino film, yeah. you know, there's... Even though it's there, this film was extremely popular. They always garner a, like a cult following, but uh, but yeah, I guess the reason that he never made swords again, Hanzo, was because uh, Bill tricked him into making the swords for all the Vipers. So he right. So imagine how many swords, yeah. <laughs> imagine how many kills because of his swords. Yeah, of course, he's responsible for a lot of for a lot of death. Lot of death. At least death. nine. At least nine that we know. Yeah. Of. <laughs> But, I mean, when you're the Viper Squad, the Assassination Squad, yeah. you probably killed a lot more than nine. But, uh, yeah. yeah, and him making the sword for the Bride of the End was kind of balancing the scales because now she was going to go and kill all of them. Can I can I point out the irony in this film? Uh, a lot of women empowerment, a lot of, a lot of lead, strong mm-hmm. women lead roles. Uh, but I could not help to see at the very beginning, and we all know this by now with Quentin Tarantino, Uma Thurman, but uh, the old Harvey Weinstein was one of the producers of this film. Harvey Weinstein produced all of uh, Quentin Tarantino's film. Yeah. All the films up until uh, Hateful Eight. Yes. And um, and it was a Miramax film, too, which is part and part and uh, hand in hand. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, yeah, I can't remember who it was, but David Carradine, Viva Fox, Daryl. Oh, yeah, Daryl Hannah, who plays Ellie Driver, who is a... Uh, code name um the california mountain snake that's the lady who comes in with one the eye patch who's about to kill her with the drugs Mm -hmm. she was one of the people that was raped by harvey weinstein you're shitting she was one of the ones that came out during wow yeah so did that did that um and she's also from blade runner she's the 2049 no the old blade she's she's the main she's the blonde oh okay who's the android Oh, yeah, at the yeah. end where she's doing the flips, yeah, remember? Yeah, of course, yeah. <laughs> a lot of, yeah, that's Daryl Hannah. She's very okay. famous. But yeah, she was one of a ton of women to come out. And she was, yeah. Yeah, that's sad. It is, it's very sad. Has that guy died yet? Oh, Can he just die dude. in prison already? Oh, him and Cosby? You want him to die and you kind of don't want him to die. Yeah, you, know, you kind of want, want him to, to but you know be he's, as miserable as possible. You know, he's getting the cushion, fucking padded cell, and the nicest shit. Can we just Epstein him? <laughs> I wish you know? we could. I mean, they fine. never Epstein the right people. They don't. They, they never do. They never do. It's a, it's a weird like thing. We, yeah, uh, 
But yeah, that's... you see that piece of shit though when he showed up to court. He's like, oh, he's like on a walker, like trying to get sympathy. It's like, bro, shut the fuck. Well, up. he showed up. He did the same thing again because remember the pictures came out when he was in the grocery store mm-hmm. and he's just walking yeah. around. No problem, right? <laughs> but when he shows up to court, he's like a frail old man. Yeah, that's what every well Cosby did the same thing with him being did. blind. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I can't see, so therefore I could not. Therefore, I couldn't rape these forty years ago. Yeah, or drug them. Get the fuck out of here, Jack. Yeah, but. Uh, yeah, I, I know it's uh it's terrible and Quentin Tarantino obviously he wasn't the victim. Yeah. But must weigh heavy on him to know that this guy mm-hmm. that puts so much confidence in Tarantino literally made Tarantino was yeah. the first person to give him a chance on Reservoir Dogs. Yep. That's what Weinstein did. He always picked up indie people. Mm-hmm. You kinda gotta think maybe he did it because he knew he could take advantage of them. Of course. Because they weren't already high up, mm-hmm. but yeah. Well, and it's kind of the you owe me thing. Exactly. You know. You're already under their thumb immediately. Right. But and that's, that was a lot of what Weinstein was about, is about the power. Oh, yeah. I mean, obviously, I'm sure he had some fucked up sexual desires. Don't get me wrong. But it, it's, well, I, what it I heard his dick wasn't power. even working at the end. No, probably not. <laughs> that he, had to, he had to just inject shit yeah. straight into his penis just to get his dick hard. So it really is. Yeah. When you're a serial rapist, it is 100. A rapist at all is just about power. It's a power thing. Yeah. It's a power thing, yeah. It's not really ever about being so sexually pent up that you just got it's it's a power thing but yeah tarantino you know it's it must weigh heavy on him to know that he kept this guy around this guy was on set and whatnot knowing but i i do believe that if tarantino knew any kind of shit that was going on he would have cut ties immediately uh yeah tarantino is one of those guys too where it's like he doesn't give a fuck he's not he's not from hollywood so he doesn't have i don't think he feels like he has that much to lose he was when, how many he as much as he, one of us as anyone, you know. How many times has he spoke out against shit he doesn't like either? Oh, constantly. All, yeah. all the time. Like, he is not that Hollywood guy at all. Yeah, exactly. Like, in, in some ways, you could say he and he still was, be an outcast to this day. Oh, absolutely. Compared to most, you know, people yeah. who are yes men. He's not being, Quentin isn't being invited to Hollywood parties. Of course not. Because <laughs> he's yeah. just going to go there and talk about film for five hours. Yeah, and people are like, dude, look, we're just here to get fucked dude, up. Dude, there is other things to talk orgies. about. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I just want to talk movies. Can I shoot this? <laughs> what? <laughs> it's... Yeah, he's probably not, unless you're a diehard, I would love to sit down and talk to him. As would I. But that'd be that'd nine be times like out of ten, interview. people would be like, oh my God, is yeah. this guy going to stop? This is fucking horrible. This is killing me. <laughs> but wouldn't, that, uh, wouldn't that be awesome one day? We can look back at this ten years from now if we interview uh, oh, Quentin Tarantino. That'd who be knows? One of the who best knows what he'll be in? He'll, or crazy to win Tarantino yeah. will be in ten years. <laughs> <laughs> he may just not be wanting to talk about film anymore. It's true. But, this film uh, was... Uh, and you know this, but this film was extremely successful at the box office. Uh, the budget for this film was $30 million. Turnaround of the box office almost made $200 million back in 2003. It was $180.9 yeah. million. That's Hell a yeah. huge return. That's awesome, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and good. Everyone should have saw this film. Of course. I would have loved to, to see I'm this so film. I'm so curious what, because I guarantee Rotten Tomato probably didn't like this. Oh, no, it's got high reviews. Oh, it does? Every Quentin Tarantino film has high reviews. Yeah. Uh, it's not loading, damn it. But yeah, nonetheless, like, uh, Kill Bill, this, this film is just so much fun. It's so unique. As an yeah. 85% Ron Tomatoes. Oh, okay. Yeah, of course. That's not bad. This film is not just an action film. It does not sacrifice action for lack of plot or anything like that. No, it's still a Tarantino. It still has, it's, every Tarantino film, you just want to dive more into the characters because you feel like they're written so well. Yes. And that's the thing, too, is like, they give you enough context to like the characters, but it's not overwhelming yeah. or it's not too little where you're disinterested in the characters. Kind of like, you know, like Christopher Nolan. 
beautiful cinematography. You know, the score and everything is just incredible, but his character development is yeah. not well, nearly as good. Well, he gives you nothing. Right. <laughs> it's not nearly as good as a Tarantino film. Yeah, absolutely. Because you know? it's just an overall, you know, better filmmaking experience. And it, and it still leaves you with a lot of mysteries for, for who the bride is yeah. and her origins and her background. Just that little we'll tiny, and, and you ask kind of why he did it, but just that little tiny beeping of the name mm-hmm. immediately is gives you like your ears perk up and yes. you want to know more about this person because there's certain mystery around her. Exactly. But uh, yeah, uh, I love it. If you haven't seen it, this podcast has already gone a little long, which yeah, is... We typically go 30, but hey, yeah. quit, Tarantino <laughs> deserves our extra five and minutes. We rarely get, I mean, he... He only has eight films, so yeah. we rarely so we get a chance to uh, talk about him as much. But yeah, if you haven't seen it yet, it's on HBO Max. It's fucking yes. wonderful. You have to go see this film. Go see it, it and then see the second one because you're going to want to immediately figure out how this ends. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, and then come back next week for our next review. Yep. Because we'll be doing it all over doing, again. Uh, volume 2. I yeah. cannot wait for that. It's going to be a lot of fun. Oh, Volume 2. Is, it's just as good. It gets even yeah. crazier. It's fucking awesome. Alrighty, well, that is our review for uh, Kill Bill Volume 1. If you guys like what you've seen here, please be sure to like this video. Comment below, subscribe to the channel, and hit that bell notification as we drop videos here every single day. If you want to follow our podcast on audio format, you can do that on Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and Stitcher. Our social media pages, Twitter, Seen It Podcast, Instagram, Facebook, Have You Seen It Podcast. And if you guys want some Have You Seen It merch, you can find that link in the description below. Thank you so much for watching and listening. My name is Mason Knight. That is Cash Krause. And until next time. Bye.